Music for the Cinema Geekly podcast is brought to you by freemusicarchive.org. The Free Music Archive is an interactive library of high-quality, legal audio downloads. The Free Music Archive is directed by WFMU, the most renowned freeform radio station in America. Inspired by Creative Commons and the open-source software movement, the FMA provides a legal and technological framework for curators, artists, and listeners to harness the potential of music sharing. Specific music for the Cinema Geekly podcast is brought to you by Comptroller. Visit them online at cmptrllr.co.uk or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash comptroller. It's time for the Cinema Geekly podcast, episode number 12. My name is Anthony Lewis. And I'm Aaron De La Osa. And thanks for checking us out on cinemageekly.com and on iTunes and also the social networks. Um, happy belated <laughs> New Year's, I guess, since uh, I was uh, out of action last week. So a belated, a belated New Year's. I'm feeling better well, our, this week. Our 58 Facebook followers, I'm sure, missed us. Yes, uh, we. Uh, I, I turned. I turned thirty and immediately started getting old man problems. Um, it, was, it was amazing. It was almost as if, when the exact second ticked on the clock, that I. I, I don't. I don't even know what it was. It was. It was it's I, like I some think, kind of body warranty just like expired. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was planned obsolescence with my own body. It was. <laughs> it. It broke down right after the warranty ran up. It might have been um, that celebratory 30th birthday chalupa that just pushed you right over the le- right over the edge right there. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what it was. I, th- I think it was just like a like a pulled muscle or something like that. It's still sore, but I'm you know right. working working, a- working around it better than not being able to get up. I'll say. Well, that. maybe maybe your back's been hurting from carrying Joe through all the podcasts. Perhaps. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Right. <laughs> I'm only saying that because he's not here right now. So. No. I'll- I'll let that slide once he joins us. <laughs> um, but we are we are coming off the most downloaded episode of the podcast. The year in review got the 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 most downloads. So I'm I'm guessing people really did care what we thought. How, how many did we get? Um, oh geez, well now you're putting me on the spot. I'd have to go look at the numbers. <laughs> I, I wasn't really I wasn't expecting you to be like, well, how many did we get? Sorry. Um, I, I don't care, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm gonna sound now I'm gonna sound terrible if I don't right. pull up the numbers. Um, I'll. I'll I'll pull them up while we're discussing something else. We obviously no show last week, so we weren't able to uh, predict what would be a, a top of the box office this week. But I'll tell you what, what ended up on top of the box office, I wouldn't have predicted that being on the top of the box office. So uh, I, I would have just gone between Mission Impossible and Sherlock Holmes again because, of course, this is January and nothing comes out in the month of January. But right. no, apparently this uh, this horror flick called The Devil Inside is the number one movie. Uh, it made I expect it's going to drop off sharply because from everything I hear about the movie, is, uh, it, it was pretty crappy. So I'm guessing that's just a good initial first weekend push, and then it's going to teeter right off and right. end up behind Dolly Parton's latest effort. It might just be because everything else that has come out is uh, has been out for so long. Right. Um, to be honest, though, I haven't heard any buzz or anything about this movie, so I'm not... Is this the, uh... Is this the, uh... The, uh, Exorcism movie? Yeah, I believe it is. Okay, yes. okay. The one with, like, the nun with the... Yeah. The milky white eyes or whatever? Okay. Right. Well, yeah, according... she's got, like, a cross on her lip or something weird. I don't know. Um, 60, uh... 51 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it's towing a 6% on Tomato Meter. It says, uh... Oh. The Devil Inside is cheap, choppy, and an unscary mess, and it also features one of the worst endings in recent memory. Yeah, that that was one bad thing I heard. I didn't exactly read uh, anything about the ending itself, but I just heard it was complete shit. I'm going to have to go read the plot on Wikipedia or something, and I'm just curious as to what, what could possibly make it one of the worst endings, but I'm I'm really interested now. So uh, Mission Impossible finished in second place, 19.9 million. Sherlock Holmes in third with 13.7 uh, Fincher's The Girl with the Gre- uh, Dragon Tattoo finished in fourth place, and Elvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, Oof. finished in fifth. Uh, behind that, War Horse, We Bought a Zoo, Tin Tin, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier Spy, and uh, The Darkest Hour kind of rounds out the top ten. 
We bought it, Zoo. How the hell did that end up in the top ten? Uh, it's gotten and it's gotten uh, better than average reviews, I guess. So, although wow. I have absolutely no interest in seeing it, so no, not not whatsoever. Absolutely not. Um, by the way, we've been averaging about um, between between iTunes and between the website. We've been averaging roughly about fifteen hundred downloads per podcast, and uh, the year in review did twenty eight ninety. No kidding. Twenty eight ninety. So holy shit! Um, and, and none of you people out there on Facebook or want a DVD, you dicks. The the that's the I don't know <laughs> I. I I had it's it's like they say, like us, but they, they don't want people to know that the, they like us. They don't want us to get too cool, apparently. Yeah. I, they, don't want, they don't want us to get too full of ourselves and lose our connection with the people. See, here's the thing, though. I I, I talked to some people who were like, I have no idea why nobody would, would do that. Um, and I was like, yeah, I agree, until I thought about it for like five seconds and remembered that there's a bunch of things that I, like websites that I like to go to or other podcasts that I like to listen to. And yeah, I, I'm not, okay. I don't like any of them on Facebook. I don't, because <laughs> I go, because I go to their website. Right. Um, yeah. Why do I need to like them on Facebook if I just go to their website and get everything right there? Right. And that was another thing that people suggested. They're like, if you want to do another contest at some point, do a, um, do one like on the website. Drive on the website. Right. And then, and tr- just try to drive traffic to the site by doing a contest on there. So, man, that's a hell of a good idea. Um, and for those of you who are too lazy to listen to the podcast <laughs> that we did uh, two weeks ago, we, we have the best films of 2011 uh, on the website right now, so you can go to cinemageekly.com and check that out. Um, man, there was not a have – you, have you watched anything recently in the, in the last – since we had two weeks off? Uh, haven't been to the movies, no. Uh, the, we have a, a three-month-old, so it's really kind of hard to get out. Um, but we have seen uh, a couple on DVD. We uh, we picked up the, the the Straw Dogs remake. Okay. The, the American remake of the British film, and it was incredible. Awesome. Just top to bottom, just a really good movie. I really liked the original too, so I was a little skeptical. But any any remake, I'm always kind of skeptical. But just based on the cast, I gave it a shot, and mm-hmm. I was not disappointed. It's got uh, James Marsden, like most famous for uh, Cyclops from the X Men movies. Yeah. Uh, Kate Bosworth, uh, you know Brian's daughter. That's pretty much how I know her. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Alexander Skarsgård, you know, the guy from True Blood and Generation Kill. I mean, mm-hmm. just fabulous. Becoming very well known these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm sure his uh, his looks have a lot to do with it. But the dude really, he really can act his balls off. He's pretty good. Uh, I managed to see Contagion, which was one oh, of the yeah. movies, which is one of the flicks I wanted to see before 2011 ran up, but. <laughs> didn't did not get around to it. I watched it like right after New Year's. Um, it was it was a pretty good flick. I uh, gave it a pretty good review. I gave it three and a half uh, geeky glasses. But uh, I, I guess f- uh, for forewarning, foreboding for those of you who it, it's it's not going to appeal to everybody. It was I I said it was like a like a a normal Hollywood drama combined with like a Discovery Channel documentary. <laughs> where it, it didn't it didn't necessarily follow the normal story arc of a film where there's peaks and valleys and uh you know a large build uh, a build up to a big payoff at the end it, none of that stuff was really in this it, it kind of happened the way it would probably happen in real life which um normally wouldn't be appealing with the exception of the fact that we're talking about uh like a worldwide killer virus that kills you know millions and millions of people um if we were if we were talking about any other thing that happens during the course of any given day on the planet earth um it probably wouldn't be interesting to see it turned into a movie but um i i guess also because of the the stuff we had with h1n1 and all that other crap bird flu and all that junk recently um uh, i guess provided a, a good platform i suppose uh, a good timing, I guess, for this movie. Um, I don't know. Like I, I thought, playing on the fear of the masses, right? No, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. It was a good movie with a, an incredibly huge cast and a surprising number of large name stars dying, um, which you normally don't you don't get to see. So, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow dies before uh, the fifteen minute mark. So, oh man, now I have to go see that movie. <laughs> That's a sell- that's a selling point. You, you you just sold it right there. I am absolutely on board for that. It was a uh, it's a uh, it's got that a uh, Jersey Girl feel to it. People wanted to go see that just because they heard Jennifer Lopez died in the first five minutes. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> I I can't fault them there either, man. I guess you know 
And that works for me too. Um, I guess the the biggest news, and I mean, unless you've got something that tops uh, the Star Trek movie casting their main villain, even though they haven't officially said that he's going to be playing the main villain. It's relatively... yeah. Wh- why are they being so secretive about this? I you know it. I don't know. They've been pretty. They've been pretty tight-lipped about it. But all of the sources that reported it, when they reported it, uh, were pretty clear that he was going to be uh, playing the playing the villain. Um, and uh, he's a British actor, and he has the most British name I've ever heard. Unless you <laughs> unless you put, I mean, the only way you could get more British is if you put Lord before it and the third after it. Oh my God, that'd be. Can you just <laughs> can you just announce it like that? Okay. Yes. His name is Lord Benedict. Gumberpatch the <laughs> Third. But for those of you like you may know him, uh, he is in the current uh, Sherlock uh, TV show on BBC. Incredible. Um, the guy, the guy's really he's really great. Um, and he uh, also, if you've been to the to the movies recently, he's actually in two movies that are out in theaters right now. He's in uh, he has a small part in War Horse and in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He has uh, roles in both of those movies, and I have a feeling if he is indeed playing the bad guy that he's going to be more of a household name come um, next year. Oh, he's also, I should mention, <laughs> just a small mention, there's another minor role he has. Uh, he's doing the motion capture and the voice acting for Smog in The Hobbit. So oh, awesome. only, only the main bad guy <laughs> in The Hobbit. Uh, he's doing the motion capture and the uh, the voice for that as well. So uh, he's going to be a, a pretty household name here. Um, I guess, dude, all of the, the talk was when it was surrounding Del Toro and when it was surrounding Edgar Ramirez and all these other people, the talk was that it's got to be Khan. But one look at um, Cumberbatch, one look at this guy, he's tall, white, lanky, uh, definitely not what you think of when you think, you know, Khan. Right. So well, but then I, again, you know, what uh, would you really think? uh Oh my God! Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, he, shit. J.J. Abrams? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how I know him too, Doc Brown. You, from Back- would you really picture him as a Klingon? Like, no. uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what the hell is his Christopher Lloyd? Right? Is that Chris right? Lloyd. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Holy shit. And you're right. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have thought of him as a Klingon. But I guess you can really kind of dress up anybody. You, you put the makeup on. Yeah, um, thick enough, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's it would seem like a weird stretch. I'm not saying that's not what they're going to do, but um, it, it seems more likely than ever that it's probably going to be Klingons in some form or fashion. At least that's the uh, the idea I'm getting. And it's right. And by the way, it's it's British invasion going on over there on that <laughs> film because every every other day I'm seeing. Um, new smaller roles being cast, and almost every single one of them are uh, are British actors. Well, I'm hoping since they actually started filming yesterday, we'll uh, over the next few weeks, maybe you know a couple months, uh, we'll get a couple of pictures or something, some set photos, some leaked. Yeah, pictures. they were. Uh, yeah, they were very secretive when they were yeah. filming the 2009 version. Exceedingly so. Um, other than other than Alice Eve, we talked about him. They also uh, cast. Uh, Noel Clark, who plays uh, Mickey Smith on Doctor Who, uh, yeah. from time to time he'll show up. He's also in the film in a unidentified part. I guess the only thing that they released was that he was I don't know a family man or something like very vague, uh, right. something about you know what he was going to be doing, but nothing nothing specific. Um, in fact, the only thing that I have heard, um, I've, other or since the since the shooting started for the film, which was what. Was it yesterday that they started? Yes, sir. Okay, well, that's ahead of time. They were supposed to. We were hearing that it wasn't going to start shooting until the fifteenth, but I guess they got a they got a yeah. head start or something. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, the writers of the film, uh, Roberto Orsi or Bob Orsi. Oh yeah, say, Bob Orsi. Yeah. Um, was uh, when he was uh, talking back and forth with uh, fans on on Trek movie, he was. Telling them that um, that they are making that they are making improvements to the engine room, which was, I guess, the uh, 
the uh, the biggest problem for really nerdy Star Trek people like me. Oh yeah, they were gonna they, they were supposed to update engineering also. Yeah, but, yeah, a bunch of fanboys wet themselves. We're, you know. we're call, they were calling it budgeoneering because of the they they shot the whole thing in a in like a Budweiser plant in it, and it actually right. kind of looked like it. Yeah, uh, which was you know they, it didn't seem like they dressed it up that much. Um, maybe it was just knowing ahead of time, and it seemed you know it would have it would it wouldn't have mattered where they were or how much they dressed it up. Just knowing ahead of time ruins the movie magic for you, I guess. <laughs> and it would have looked like a it would have looked like a, a brewery no matter w- how they dressed it up. I don't know. Um, you mean they weren't really filming on a starship. No. Damn they it. weren't. I know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I got to throw my Blu-ray away. I'm never watching that movie again. <laughs> I really thought that they spent the hundreds of millions <laughs> of dollars to actually go into space and build right. sets in there. Yeah, and, that, that's the, that's what I demand for the sequel. Otherwise, I'm boycotting it right out of the gate. <laughs> we want more. We we want it more reality based. Let's see if we can find an actual Klingon. Get uh, get Chris Nolan to direct this next one. Oh God. <laughs> Well, no, wait, because no, they're going to be based in reality. Instead of like going into space, they'll just be like in the stratosphere somewhere, hovering like you know a mile above Earth, and that'll be about it. Well, they'll be in uh, Richard Branson's uh, Virgin uh, VS, yeah. VSS Enterprise. To boldly go where every man can go. <laughs> that'll be too real. No thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I guess there's uh, some other some other news. I guess it depends on how much you like James Bond. If you're um, the oh, lady, yeah. if you're the lady I live with, it's a lot. Well, it, is, is it James Bond or is it just Daniel Craig in particular? Oh no, this is uh, she. Actually, she's never seen. Um, for her, she's never seen any of the the Daniel Craig Bonds. Uh, her wow. fa- her favorite Bond is Sean Connery. So oh, um, so yeah, they're uh, um, I was as I was writing it on the website because everybody everybody knows the uh the James Bond character. It's the um. The world's most famous spy always gets the bad guy, always gets the girl, and all that stuff. But now has this has to be the largest box set for for Blu-rays that's come out. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. Um, there, uh, it's to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Bond, which kind of hard to believe is 50 years old. But uh, 50 years of James Bond, all 22 movies in Blu-ray from Doctor No to Quantum of Solace, and um, normally. My head explodes when I hear like now with 24 hours of uh, extra bonus features and stuff. And yeah, I, I actually crapped three pairs of pants when I read <laughs> 130 hours of oh bonus my content. God, you could literally just watch this for a straight month, essentially, and just watch uh, nothing but James Bond. Who's been your favorite Bond? Um. Honestly, I uh, I don't know. Um, I I liked uh, I, I like the old guys, I, Connery, Roger Moore. Um, I I didn't see I haven't seen the new Daniel Craig ones at all, and I only saw Goldeneye with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce Brosnan, yeah. That, Tiffany Dalton, like you know, he wasn't too bad, but Daniel Craig, I mean, definitely the he plays it a lot darker. I mean, you definitely like right. with, with Roger Moore, like you really had a sense, like at least I did, like you could pretty much kick James Bond's ass if you had to. But I mean, with Daniel Craig, right. there's no absolute, this dude would destroy you like right. in an instant. Like he just really has like this badass edge to him. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to see him. I've heard they're both good though. Um, and yeah, course, they're really is, good. Uh, they haven't, they haven't set an official release date yet, but I was shocked, completely shocked when I saw the, uh, shocked in a good way. When I saw the pre-order price, uh, from Amazon, one ninety nine. Oh, good lord! Which is, uh, to me, really cheap actually for twenty two flicks uh, with one hundred and thirty hours of bonus content. Yeah, sure. I guess the Sopranos box set's still like you know about two hundred bucks. So right. I mean, I, right, I I mean, I I would I would pay that much for uh, the Star Trek like Next Generation box set or something would would right. cost me like two hundred and fifty bucks. Um, right. So I guess two hundred for this isn't particularly bad, and we're all talking high def. Um, versions of the film so uh there there's also we have the trailer for it also on the website and it's pretty pretty cool looking couple couple minutes worth of high def footage uh, yeah they, they actually released the first still for skyfall i mean it's just daniel craig sitting uh, shirtless by a pole so <laughs> kind of bondish but i mean it's still you know right and even weird. though even though they haven't released the date yet one would have to assume that it would come out 
eerily close to when Skyfall comes out. Yeah. Uh, just, I'm guessing coincidentally so. I <laughs> can't imagine they would do that on purpose. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but they're not they're not like George Lucas, like re-releasing you know Star Wars in 3D, even though everybody hated the first three. Ooh, um, yeah. The uh, have you seen the posters for them yet? No. They are whoring out Darth Maul so hard. The, oh. the guy had two lines in the movie, was on screen for maybe nine minutes. You know, but best part of the movie by far, I'll give him that. But man, they are whoring him out like he starred like from <laughs> start to finish in that thing. It's uh. Uh, they maybe when you go see it, it's going to be completely reshot, and it's just going to be Darth Maul's story. It's going to be twelve minutes of George Lucas jerking off onto a pile of hundreds, and then you're going <laughs> to leave. Like that's basically the entire movie. <laughs> Credits. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, it's gonna, I, it, it, like the Sopranos like finale too. The screen's just going to go black, no credits. You're just going to have to get up and walk out in the dark and shame. At least they're recognizing what they did good in that movie and yeah. putting it out front. Um, I mean, I, I flipped out hardcore when I saw the, 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 the double-sided lightsaber. So, oh yeah, I was, like, I was like, how come nobody thought of that before? That's amazing. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that stuck out the most because that's when you got to see Jedi's have really sweet-looking lightsaber battles. Um, which, uh, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, those are at least when there's action when people aren't talking. Um, the movies actually aren't all that bad when there's a lot of action and there's not much talking. Right. It, movies they drown themselves in, in terrible dialogue. My, my only like you know I I love Star Wars you know I, I grew up with them as a kid, but the one thing that I did, I still have a problem with to this day and I'm, I'm trying to let it go, but just they're re-releasing these movies so they're rehashing a lot of old wounds. Is that, is that Darth Maul is such a badass? At, at one point, when you know Obi Wan does a little flipping move over him, like before he he delivers the death strike, mm-hmm. it's like he forgets how to fight. He's just he's like, oh wow, he's doing a backflip. He's just watching this guy flip through the air, and he just <laughs> yes. gets murdered. It's like, well, dude, he should have just kicked him right in the face, like you know, mid free fall, boom, you know, Obi Wan's dead. Yeah, he had he lost all of his sense of the force. He had no idea what was about to happen next. No, had no clue whatsoever. He's just sitting there watching, it, like, wow, you and McGregor is a beautiful looking man, and then. <laughs> He's just chopped in half. Look at that rat tail. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, is I mean, this it, Brad from '85? Yeah, I mean it's not like uh, it's not like Obi Wan did something so quick that he didn't have time to react. He did like a really beautiful arcing backflip over him. Yeah, that seemed to take at least three or four seconds. Which oh my god, I know. <laughs> That's just my one problem with that. I mean, I don't even want to get started on the whole. Oh no, no, you could, you could, we could do oh, a god. whole. Uh, podcast just bashing Hayden Crinch burden in hell man my god that what guy did, it's all Obi-Wan's fault uh, he's so horrible I just yeah oh. Lucas uh Lucas did not have an eye for for casting um he, he might be Lucas's like illegitimate son and maybe like he's like okay I'm not gonna give you any money you're not getting the will but I'll make you a little famous I'll still harken back one actually one of the best things about episode one uh, is actually not in the movie at all. It's a, the on the bonus features disc where they actually do a, a pretty damn insightful hour and a half, two hour documentary on making the film from start to scratch or from from scratch to uh, to finish. Um, that's actually pretty insightful. Um, and one of the things that stuck out most to me, they showed some of the other kids who were trying to. Uh, audition for young Anakin uh-huh. and there was more than a handful of them that weren't particularly good, but there was one kid who was actually really good. Like you just, uh, you could just hear it and, and see it in his delivery and it's hard to s- find kid actors that are pretty decent. Right. And, uh, they didn't pick him. Of course they went with the one who had the, the most wooden delivery and Oh God. Maybe, yeah. maybe they knew they were going to go with, Christensen uh, before. Yeah, they're like, okay, so we need to match. We have this shitty teenager, so we need an equally shitty, you know, toddler or whatever, however old that kid was. to. (laughs) We need to match his charisma level. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was an epic fail. I can't even, um, I I don't know. I mean, I guess they're going to do well. I guess. Of course I they'll do well. I mean, you know, we, we bitch about it, but we're the same guys who will buy every friggin' every new Blu-ray release they do. Like, you know, at, at first it was the videotapes, like, you know, that came out in the 90s. Right. And then it was the box sets where they had the three, the theatrical versions and plus, you know, the the new Lucas Hordout 
uh, versions where he had uh, Jabba the Hutt in Episode Four, and then you know, right. then we bought the Blu-rays, and then a couple years from now we'll buy everything else he throws at us because we just love it so damn much. Well, but I uh, I'm not gonna to fuck us. I'm not gonna buy the I'm not gonna buy the Blu-rays unless it's the the first three movies. I'll buy those on Blu-ray, but I'm not gonna buy the uh, originals on Blu-ray until after George Lucas has died, and they uh, <laughs> and then somebody else other than Lucas, who's in charge of releasing the films, will re-release the. Uh, the unaltered originals in Blu-ray, I'll 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 get them then. Oh yeah, I I, I would love for those to be in, in Blu-ray, but I mean, there's no way. Or at the very least, well, uh, I, I'm I'm sure he's probably got. Um, in fact, right now, actually, the thing that is is craziest to me right now is that there's probably a vault somewhere with those movies, like in Blu-ray format. Right, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they're in a vault somewhere. They ex- they exist. They're just not out there for the general uh, population consumption. So. Uh, that's, uh, I want to pull your hair out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, man, we could literally do an entire episode where we just list our grievances, throw them out there. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of them. Those movies and a lot of them had promise and some of them weren't even had, had very awesome parts in it, but just hard to reconcile. I, I can, I can, and I can still watch them. It's just, you know, we, it's not as much fun watching them and then joking about stuff happening in the movies right? as it is to just sit down and watch them and enjoy them. But some of that stuff is begging to be made fun of, and this is not as much fun. We can watch the originals. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I, I could watch those every week. Just happy as a clam. It's uh, a... Really, it needs to be a good year apart. Yes, for the, for the other <laughs> ones. Yeah. Uh, that's like me with Schindler's List. It's just that that movie is really sad and upsetting and... So were those movies just for yeah, it, different yeah, reasons? Entirely, entirely different reasons. Like Schindler's List is sad because it's tragic, you know, and like that whole that whole thing actually happened. The first, you know, episodes one through three are just Lucas basically just giving us the shocker, and we're gonna smile about it the whole way. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't think anybody really knew what to expect when that came out, and people are gonna be like, "Why are you talking about this so much?" Well, it's because they're they're doing all of them, aren't they? All six films. Uh, I at some think- point. I think they are. I mean, I'll definitely go see you know the four, five, and six just because of, you know my love for those movies. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> ugh, the first, it just eat shit, Lucas. God damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to even pull yourself out of a tangent. Yeah, we're, we're we're in a Lucas tailspin right now. All we need to do is throw on Twilight and uh, Christopher you, Nolan, and we can have a really great show. <laughs> once you get going, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> at, the, at the at the very least, um, I don't think the Dark Knight Rises will be as bad as Episode One. So, oh man, comparatively, I, it, I hope not. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it will be. No. Um, <laughs> the uh, Tim Burton uh, did say that uh, he does have a script being developed currently for a Beetlejuice sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we mentioned this uh, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago when it was kind of just being brought up that they were they didn't want to do a prequel and right. they didn't want to do a sequel unless they could get um unless they could get Michael Keaton back to play Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. But yeah, I haven't I, heard anything since then about it. Yeah, from what he said uh and they wanted Tim Burton's blessing or, or something along those lines. Yeah, he actually uh, he has uh, Seth Graham Smith, he's the guy who wrote Pride Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. He's the guy who's working uh on the treatment right now for it. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> I mean, from all accounts, uh, you know, Tim Burton said, "Yeah, he wants Michael Keaton back." So he's got Seth working on the script, um, and he's going to Seth to write it because he he wants someone uh, with a fresh set of eyes to kind of uh, to kind of give it uh, a look. So right. hopefully, uh, they get something going, and uh, you know, we can get us a Beetlejuice sequel going. Um, yeah, I would I would be so happy if we got to see. A sequel, as long as it was done, kind of you know, in the right way, like in the same vein, right? Um, in the uh, in the nod to Joe department, Steven Spielberg uh, confirms that Jurassic Park Four is in fact moving ahead, uh, but he's only producing and not directing, which tells me right away that Spielberg has absolutely no confidence in this film. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg well, I, I, I will Spielberg will produce because I think they want to do. He's already talking about doing two sequels to Tintin. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so maybe he's just focusing on his uh, his latest cash cow. I wonder if that movie's done really well overseas because I'm not sure how well it's done altogether. Like in the United States, it that hasn't been that high in the box off. I'm guessing overseas it's done well. I'd have right. to imagine. Um, in fact, I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg will produce anything. Literally, I think oh, yeah. he. I think he's produced like eight million films. <laughs> um, he's literally produced everything. Um, according to this, um, domestically here in the states, it's done sixty three point seven million in the United States. Um, however, the the worldwide is a lot higher thanks to the foreign. It's doing really good in the foreign markets. Uh, two hundred and sixty-eight point nine million. Holy shit! Yeah, the foreign market made up eighty percent of its lifetime grosses. So right now it's sitting at about three hundred and thirty-two point six million dollars. Oh yeah, so, they're gonna milk that thing for every every penny they can squeeze out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's doing good overseas. Uh, over here, I mean, sixty-three million isn't bad here, but right um, for well, a I mean, giant they, movie. Yeah, but I mean, you got to figure in the states. I mean, you know it. We're pretty biased against gingers, let alone British gingers. I mean, so it's yes. it might have been due from the start. <laughs> it's animated, though, man. It's, right. <laughs> doesn't matter. Redheaded, redheaded kids creep out the majority of our of uh, of our countrymen. So we still can't let it go. No, nope. I know I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wish there was some good TV news to talk about. Unfortunately, there there isn't a whole bunch of stuff because um, right now everything is kind of off it's either mid-season breaks or it's season breaks well, uh, we got uh, the walking dead coming back next month right and that has me excited i can't wait oh to, god yeah i am so pumped also uh, uh spartacus uh starts here in two weeks okay and i'm gonna have to eventually be sold on it. i haven't had a chance to watch it yet so oh man yeah you, you should definitely check that out that show is it, it's like uh, I, I, I this isn't a knock against 300 because i love that movie but it, it's like a better acted 300 okay well, that's fine because 300 was great for its visuals, and it wasn't necessarily poorly acted. But I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, a lot of the parts. I mean, if you like Gerard Butler, Fassbender. I mean, you know, they had a lot of good actors in it. But I mean, Spartacus just wipes the floor with 300. I mean, it's just right. such a great show. And in, like well, every episode, it's, a, it's like a little movie. I mean, there's there's violence, there's sex. I mean, granted, you do see a lot of dong. Uh, so right. that, that could be the one detraction. Uh, you know, if well, you don't really I mean, want to see a lot of lying, but well, I mean, if you like watched Watchmen or anything like that, you saw plenty of. But, well, I mean, granted, that was giant CG dong, but yeah, I was gonna say that was CG. But I mean, that there's a lot of wiener in that show. But I mean, it it definitely makes you feel like you're kind of sitting like you know, like back, right there, yeah, yeah, just right there. I mean, yeah, they. Uh, it's no, I mean, and a that's the show. that's the one thing that TV shows are always going to have over a film is the ability to develop characters more. That's always the that's always the uh, the yelling back and forth between Star Trek and Star Wars fans <laughs> is uh, they say Star Trek is great because it was able to fully develop characters over a course of time where with Star Wars you would only have I mean obviously Star Wars isn't necessarily character driven it's story driven but it's and vi- well and obviously visual effects driven but it's especially the first three um, yeah absolutely <laughs> um, <Mother> fucking Lucas. <laughs> Normally, when you say the first three, you have to you're, you'd think the original, but now that there's actually right, one, three. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing with a TV show, though it's it's more character driven and stuff, uh, and that's kind of always going to be the case. I, I'm I'm not even sure which I prefer more, one over the other, but um, yeah, that's the that's the thing with me right now. I, I try to only wa- keep it to like two TV shows I'm watching at a time. Uh, we Jenny and I just wrapped up watching nine seasons worth of X-Files. Oh, and by wow. the way, and by the way, I can now officially uh, state that I fully understand why people were so pissed at that, that last X-Files movie that came out. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I fully understand your, your rage and anger now as to why you're very upset. Um, that totally makes sense to me now. So we, uh, we've, we wrapped that up and uh, started watching Breaking Bad because everybody is. Oh yeah. We just started that show too. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're like, uh... I've only made it three episodes in, but God, yeah, it's... we're into season two, and I can't get enough. Like, holy shit! Yeah, I, like, uh, there's no wasted there's no wasted time in that show. Everything is important. I, agreed, and uh, I 
I didn't really uh, care for Malcolm in the Middle. Brian Cranston played uh, the dad on that show. I, oh, yeah. Good I, think I, I think I watched one or two episodes of that show, but I, I didn't really care for the show at all. Yeah. Um, didn't really know what to think of that guy when my brother told me that he was the lead or the lead in here. He's like, just he's, he, his advice was just forget everything you remember or know about him and then just try to go into the show that way. And yeah, it's a it's a great show that I would highly recommend to everybody. But a lot of people are already watching it, so it's not going to be my Netflix pick right. for, <laughs> for this week. So well, uh, Game of Thrones season two, uh, April 1st. Mm-hmm, and I'm also real excited for that as well. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those things, though, that if you haven't, I don't know how cleanly you can jump into that. No, you have, you'll have to watch the first season. You jump in the second season, you're not going to know what the hell's going on, and you'll probably hate it. The second season is essentially the second book. Right. It's based off of a book series. The first season was essentially the first book, and they broke it down into ten chapters, essentially. Yeah, they're based episodes. off uh, a song of uh, Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Our, which George R.R. I... R. Martin. I haven't read, but I heard they're obviously fantastic, and uh, HBO clearly did a, an amazing job with the adaptation because um, something you don't see very often, and that's a, a lot of the fans of the books are really happy with the show. Right. And you don't see that often. Usually, If you want to always... start reading the books, you better take about a month like off from everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just so I, uh, you can get in there and check them out. Yeah, I, uh, I started watching uh, the show and just – couldn't put the episodes. I just watched another one, watched another one, watched another one, and uh, actually felt really mad when I had to eventually go back to actual real responsibilities, uh, things like that. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. Um, it was. It's a. It's a great show. Really well put together. Unfortunately, only on HBO. So you got to have that going for you, unless you want to uh, find other means in which to uh, <laughs> to view it. So. Um, let me let me quickly run through the the Blu-ray releases because there's very few Blu-ray releases. Um, it's for uh, these are for January seventeenth, so a couple days from now. Uh, the Tyler Lautner action movie Abduction, um, which has to be some sort of joke. Of course, Tyler Lautner, he's the uh, shirtless guy in Twilight. Oh, I was almost hoping that they would have capitalized Ab an abduction uh, to, to make it like a play on words, but they didn't. Um, well, I'll tell you what, they need to hire you to market his next movie. Cause that is a <laughs> solid idea for that guy. Just every, just market everything around. Oh, that's beautiful. He can actually get a, a good career as a very non-serious actor. If we went that route, but uh, I heard it was absolutely atrocious, that film. So uh, speaking of Bucky Larson, born to be a star, Heard that was pretty bad. Um, it's from the Adam Sandler production company camp. Paying more uh, of his friends' mortgages for a while. Yes. Um, in new films, the Ide, uh, the Ides of March, which I haven't gotten around to seeing yet, but I'm pretty sure I will at some point. It's George Clooney and political drama and all that crap. So I will be sure to check it out, I'm sure. Um, and then a couple movies uh, that I really like coming out on Blu-ray for the first time. Dead Poet Society. Mm. And uh, Good Morning Vietnam, both coming out on the Blu-ray. Um, Back when I Robert thought, Williams was relevant. Yes, <laughs> I thought. Uh, man, I thought I thought Good Morning Vietnam was out on Blu-ray like a long time ago, but apparently not. And it's being released under the Disney label, which I can't imagine it was. Wow, how? Is, huh? It must have been under another label at some point. Dead Poet Society also being released under the Disney label, so I have to assume that they were owned by. Um, other groups at one point. I thought these actually these are probably both MGM properties. Yeah, I, I thought. Um, so I'm guessing Disney maybe owns MGM. I'm not sure what Disney owns anymore. They may actually own this show, and I'm not aware of it. Right. Um, one one of the uh, one of the many things that they uh, hold. <sighs> um, I actually really liked uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, same here. <laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was awesome. It was one of the first times I ever saw Robin Williams. Actually, it was like that, and it was uh, Mork and Mindy were the first times I I ever remember seeing Robin Williams in anything. He was uh, always Popeye to me growing up. That's how I always <laughs> referred to him. I've never seen the Popeye movie. Oh, do yourself a favor and go rent that bitch tomorrow. Uh, good. Uh, so bad it's good, or just 
great or you know yeah i'm really i'm I'm basing this opinion off of my childhood and i just remember (laughs) loving the shit out of it but i mean i'm sure watching it now like you just watch it because like yeah this is fucking terrible but you can't get enough of it it's almost like that movie the big hit with uh marky mark and lou diamond phillips it's so shitty but i mean it's it's like uh captivating yeah there you go yeah I, i have it on dvd in my (laughs) <laughs> and I and I haven't been able to watch it in years because Jen refuses to watch it if she's in the room. Um, and I'm trying to convince her. I'm like, Frank Langella is Skeletor. That man won an Oscar. Yeah. And he's playing Skeletor. He's Skeletor. And Dolph Lundgren. Dolph, yeah, he's starting to get opposite Dolph Lundgren with the worst fucking Bon Jovi hair I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a great flick for its, my, my wife's it's... the same way with the original Fright Night. I could watch that movie all day, every day. She refuses to be around me or home at when I watch that movie. Um, we should probably also mention, I guess, because this is in fact movie related, that today is uh, Friday the Thirteenth when we're recording this. Um, so I'm sure that I now I saw you say something on Facebook, but you're actually not the only person I saw at least 20 or 30 other people in my Twitter feed saying that they're marathoning Friday the 13th today. Yep. Um, I'm doing that right now, actually. I am on uh, number five. Really? Yep. Uh, do you got a favorite one? I haven't, I've, I haven't seen a bunch of them. I've seen scattered. My, uh, my favorite one would be uh, number seven, The New Blood. It's with the, uh, the psychic chick. Only because uh, the guy—that's the first time Kane Hodder uh, mm-hmm. plays Jason. And you know, for, for any horror fans out there, I mean, you know, you, you need no explanation who he is. He by far away. I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> for most people watch who don't really like horror movies, it probably just looks like just some goon in a mask just walking around. But I mean, every actor plays Jason differently, and Kane Hodder did it in so many of these movies, like from Seven and Beyond. The only one he hasn't done uh, since. There's been uh, a Friday the 13th movie was the remake they just did and Freddy vs. Jason. Everything else he's done, and he plays it with such an intensity, it's ridiculous. Who is doing Who is doing Jason and Freddy vs. Jason? Uh, just some big goon. I don't really know the guy's name. And the guy who really in, uh, in the remake uh, was Derek Mears. Uh, he 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 you know really a well-known stuntman uh, has alopecia so he's naturally hairless he's just like this big monster but every interview I've read with the guy he seems like the nicest guy possible which yeah I kind of always get that vibe from people who play like some of the like worst atrocious horror movie people I mean not like acting wise I mean just like character wise right <laughs> and they seem like the nicest unassuming people yeah yeah, Which is yeah. always always creepier to me somehow. Yeah, we actually I actually met Kane Hodder uh, a few weeks ago, right before my daughter was born. He was doing a screening uh, <clears throat> in Lansing, Michigan, uh, of Jason Takes Manhattan. For some reason, he was promoting a book, and uh, he was wow. you know signing autographs, doing meet and greet, and all that. He was such a nice guy, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess from the movies, it's kind of hard to tell. He's really got like a prison physique. And uh, let me explain right. that uh, for people who don't know. It's where you just work out a shitload on your body and ignore your legs. Like he right. had, he had legs that, oh my god, they were just so pipe cleaner thin. But his torso right. and arms were fucking ridiculous, like a like a tank. That guy. <laughs> um. Oh, never mind. I'm sorry about that. I thought there was like a glitch or something, but I guess not. Um. Do you got uh, something you'd like to recommend on Netflix for, for this week? Uh, yeah, well, besides Straw Dogs, for uh, anybody who has the means to uh, to go see it, uh, <clears throat> a movie uh, called Kill the Irishman. Oh, okay. That is – um, I think uh, I saw that it Ray hit Stevenson, Netflix. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Val Kilmer – or, I mean, what Val Kilmer passes for these days. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, Christopher Walken. It's about a uh, – a 1970s uh, Irish gangster named Denny Green, based on a true story. The guy is just impossible to kill. I mean, the, 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 he, he ended up getting to a fight with a mob, and he and a bunch of Irish dudes just kicked the shit out of the Italian mob for years until they finally uh, they got him. Uh, you know, in the end. But I mean, he really like. I, I, I first saw an Andy biography about the guy, and it was it was just such a captivating story. You know, he was given interviews, like they showed actual interviews of the guy, where he's showing his actual house, you know, the places he was living and staying, saying on air in the news, like I, I live right here, you know, right up right upstairs, you know, to be come get me, and they just couldn't kill the fucker. <laughs> that takes balls. Yeah, but but then to see like you know this actual movie where they. Uh, 
they get more into his backstory and all that. It's really, really good movie. And Ray Stevenson, I'm a huge fan of anyway. So anything he, you know, he's in, uh, I'm watching. Here's the here's the thing about that flick too. I didn't hear anything about this movie, uh, like like nothing at all. And every once in a while, I, I've been known to to frequent websites of <laughs> ill repute. And uh, upon viewing the movie section from time to time, I once I saw that flick up there, and it was near the top of uh, of all the f- of all the films being downloaded. And I'm right. like, what is this movie? Where did this come from? How does how does so many people know about this movie? Yeah, it's um, tremendous. Does it got does it got like a Boondock Saints thing going yes. for where it's kind of like I, underground cult exactly. kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's a very apt description. I mean, it, plus it's it, it's fitting that he's an Irish gangster, just like. Uh, also, yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, Boondock Saints related. Yeah, but no, it, it's really good, and you know, Christopher Walken. I mean, you know, he's at his walkeny best in it, and you know, the like the the whole cast. I mean, is just a bunch of really good, just really good actors, you know, and the story right. itself is just really intriguing. I mean, it's top to bottom, just a really good movie. And Chris Walken's in it. It's kind of worth it just to watch. Yeah. Chris Walken, anyway, that's actually yeah. He's going to be involved in my next tattoo. I'm going to get him and Willem Dafoe in an angry face-off on my leg. <laughs> Excellent. <I know. laughs> um, we uh, we we name dropped it at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show. Um, but my Netflix pick for this week is in fact Sherlock, oh. which is on Instant. Um, you, you're going to be thrown off because you know British television is crazy and wacky with their short amount of seasons and then their short amount of episodes <laughs> per season. Uh, will prepare to be even thrown more off course with this show because uh, they have the, the first season of Sherlock um, up there right now. There's three episodes, mm-hmm. um, but each episode is like a movie, legit. They're, they're about an hour and a half per episode. Um, so you're looking at like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't know. I, most movies average about two hours, but you do see a lot of flicks that do about an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, like every Kevin Smith movie, hour and a half, virtually. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh, as soon as I saw the as soon as I saw the the casting news, I wanted to see more about this dude who's going to be in the next Star Trek film. And as soon as I heard he was, because I I haven't really heard anything about uh, the Sherlock Holmes re. Uh, I I don't even know what it's. What you would really call it? I guess it's like a reimagining, I suppose. Yeah, they, they put him into modern times, so they're really just trying to kind of bring it up to date. Right. It's and the guy who plays Watson as well—I forget his name—but he's playing Martin uh, Freeman. Yeah, he, Martin Frodo Freeman. in the uh, <clears throat> or Bilbo or Bilbo. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he playing yeah. Bilbo Baggins in the uh, in the Hobbit movie right now. He is awesome. Yeah. This uh, we watched the 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 first episode, which is actually the title of that episode is kind of a take on. A Holmes story title as well, um, but yeah, that was a. It's a. If you like Sherlock Holmes, even if you like the uh, uh, the Guy Ritchie films, which I guess are, I guess more closely aligned to this show than say like the old Holmes <laughs> TV shows that they've done in England. Even though the the Guy Ritchie movies still take place, um, like Lock, Stock, and, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, all that. Yes, yeah. even though they uh, they take place, uh, even though uh, Richie's uh, films take place in the when Conan Doyle's books were written, um, and this obviously takes place in current day, they're kind of stylistic, uh, stylistically are, are more similar, I, I guess. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I was I was blown away at how uh, fantastically they kind of uh, blended everything. I mean. It, Take away the weirdness for a minute that <laughs> there's a dude in 2011 or whatever named Sherlock Holmes. Right. Um, maybe maybe they live in a world where people don't say no shit Sherlock. Um, <laughs> maybe this is the world they live in. Or maybe they do, and he was named after that saying. I'm not sure. Right. But, yeah, I, I gave it a watch. Not really sure what to expect and was happily blown away by how uh, great Cumberbatch is and how awesome Martin Freeman is and, and just the, the way they, they do everything. And even if, uh, stylistically stuff they do is really cool. Trent, even like the transitions between scenes are, yeah. are really cool. Um, and they even dumb it down for people, uh, <laughs> by putting everything on the screen that he, that Sherlock is thinking. Right. Um, like if he's looking at somebody's fingernails, they 
are telling you what his mind is thinking at that moment so you can kind of uh digest it as quickly as he's doing it yep um but yeah it was uh it was a great i, I only got to watch the first episode like i said because they're an hour and a half but fully recommending that you go watch all of them um, is it airing on BBC America? Can you see it here in the States? Oh, yeah, yeah, you sure can. That and another show they have uh, – I mean I, I watch a lot of British TV now, come to think about it. I mean, you know, between Doctor Who, Being Human, uh, Sherlock, but they have another show uh, called Jekyll. It's a modern take on uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Just uh, – that, that one is just <clears> – that's <throat> a heart stopper right there because the we're, guy who and- plays Jekyll is just ridiculous. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but I think we're kind of re-entering – uh, we had like a lull in TV quality for a while, and I have this feeling that we're kind of re-entering this golden age of great television shows again. Well, I mean, it as long like... as they're not American shows, I mean, you know, God right. knows I would I'd rather watch Two Broke Girls over uh, you know Doctor Who any day. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, AMC has kind of taken American television by the AMC, FX, the... and HBO. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're doing... saving it right now. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing great. I haven't had a chance to watch. Mad Men yet, but people keep telling me to watch that show too. That's also on Netflix, but I haven't had a chance. Breaking Bad, it was between Breaking Bad and Mad Men, and uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, get to choose what we watched. So uh, <laughs> we started with Breaking Bad. Not that it was a bad choice by any means. No, no, it's a great show. But yeah, the, 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 the British TV as a whole is just top to bottom. I mean, you know, if I lived in, if I lived over there, like I'd, I'd never leave the house. I, I would, would just watch TV all day. Cause it's just, you could just watch it all day and never be bored with anything. Right. I think, well, we were at a, I think we were at a point, uh, we, we were at a point where if there was a great show on British TV, we would just steal the idea and then remake <laughs> it here. Um, but I think they all... tried with a lot of shows, but they just don't take off. Like uh, the IT crowd, great British show. They they did they did one episode here and it completely tanked. Uh, the Office just happened to take off, but they the American do... Office is nothing like you know. Right, it's a completely different kind of show. Yeah. Um, both 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 are good. Both have their merits. So they tried to do a spaced here. Yep. Um, that didn't take off. Uh, I think there is a, a any number of different things that they've tried to do over the years. And I think eventually what just ended up happening is with all of the the ease of availability thanks to the internet over time is just people are just like, well, why just try to remake it? We can we don't have to wait for somebody to remake it. We can just watch it now on right. BBC America, or we can download the episodes. Don't don't tell anybody <laughs> I told you you could do that. Right. Um, oh, and I like how sci-fi too. Like you know that they they remade uh, Being Human, but the whole time they were promoing it, they were at top net like it was like a completely original show. <laughs> right, like brand new to television, you know, <clears throat> coming to sci-fi. This is Nat Neal. Meanwhile, as far you know, as you know, <laughs> yeah, being human is on like it's on its third season, you know, on the BBC. Um, oh, let's see here. So we should probably wrap things up by looking at what's opening on uh, this <laughs> this day. And boy, it's not looking too great, huh? We have um, let's see here. I'm trying to. Beauty and the Beast and 3D. Choose. All right, we have uh, we have Beauty and the Beast 3D, which um, is I don't is this the first? I know they're doing many many more 3D releases with classic Disney films. Oh yeah, that like basically everything's coming out of the vault for a 3D re-release and subsequent you know Blu-ray 3D packaging and then mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna get pretty expensive here. Um, the uh, the critically well received film we need to talk about Kevin. Is coming out. Um, other than the fact that it's critically touted, uh, heavily so, um, I don't know a whole lot about it. It's already got 115 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's towing 83% right now. Um, wow. And it's, it's starring uh, Tilda Swinton and uh, John C. Riley. Um, is it a comedy? No, it's a psychological thriller. With John C. Riley? Yes. Wow. Um, let's see here. It, uh, let's see. It's, uh, explores the relationship between a mother and a son, Tilda Swinton in a uh, bracing tour de force performance. So I love touts, when they say that. <laughs> so, touts, so touts this, uh, synopsis, uh, plays the mother, uh, as she contends for 15 years with the increasing benevolence of her firstborn child, uh, Kevin played by Ezra Miller. It's based on the oh. best-selling novel of the same name. So, hmm. Um, so that's opening. 
There's also uh, The Iron Lady, which, despite the fact that this movie is getting pretty bad reviews, people are saying Meryl Streep will still get nominated for an Oscar. Um, she's essentially playing Margaret Thatcher, is what I'm gathering from this. Um, this is her second old British hag she's playing, right? Um, Didn't she do the, the cook or some shit like a while back? The Queen? Did she? No, no, no. The, the cook. She did some oh. uh, Julia. Oh, oh something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie and Julia. Yeah. She played Julia Childs. There's the one. Um, is it bad that Marlon memory of Julia Childs is Dan Aykroyd playing her in Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, that's also a good memory, though, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are saying that her performance is good, but the movie itself is like if. If, if she wasn't in it, this would be the worst movie of all time, apparently. <laughs> the only thing that saves it is her performance. Which, to me, it's like, does that really garner you an Oscar? Absolutely not. It's like, if it wasn't for your acting, this movie would be 4% instead of 54%. Right. Um, we also have that movie you were uh, dreading earlier, Joyful Noise. <laughs> that would be the uh, Queen Latifah Dolly Parton uh, vehicle. I, I don't know what the hell the target audience is on that one. I've got um, no idea. Older people who like music, I guess, who don't know what Queen Latifah started out as, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I think they're trying to tout this one as like some kind of gospel uh, music movie, so they're really trying to go for the, the Holy Roller crowd there. Um, according to the reviews, the uh, the musical numbers in the film are solidly entertaining. I'm, I'm guessing if that is like your kind of music, of course. Um... <laughs> And they do say that Dolly Parton and uh, Queen Latifah have good chemistry in the movie, but basically it's not enough to make up for the rest of the flick. <laughs> um, so if you like that kind of music, it's got good musical numbers, and the two actresses in it aren't ungodly terrible together, I guess. I don't know. Um, unless, she's will- unless she's willing to finally unleash her friggin' sweater puppets, I'm not seeing anything that that old bitch does, I tell you that. <laughs> Well, they did say sizable chemistry. I'm wondering if that was a play on words. <laughs> I, maybe if they would have capitalized sizable, like sizable chemistry. Maybe the, maybe there'll be a uh, an after credit scene where Queen Latifah motorboats Dolly Parton. <laughs> just to just completely. I'd be willing to put down my nine bucks to see that. Just completely screw with everybody's minds after the trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh other than uh other than uh Beauty and the Beast opening up, there's also the uh Mark Wahlberg's return to action in contraband <laughs> uh with uh Kate Beckinsale and Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, I didn't know Kate Beckinsale was in that. Yes indeed. Oh well damn it. Um, now I gotta go see that fucking movie. Well it's forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh he said it's uh, actually, according to a lot of the reviews, that said it's more entertaining than the average January action thriller. But um, I guess it's not really saying much because <laughs> most January action films are like the crappiest action movies. Right. That it's, it's like, it's, well, it's not good enough to come out in the summer. Yeah, so this is essentially you're getting the B movies right now. Right. That's our that's our version of B movies these days. Big budget B movies. Uh, they spend millions and millions of dollars on. That's the stuff that gives you a headache. Like when you look at the Avengers, you can like, I can see why they spent that much money. But when you like see a contraband or something like that, you're just like, oh my god! They think right. of how many think of how many starving children you could have fed with the money it costs to make that They're movie. Abducted. Yes. <laughs> um. So, what do you think is going to tap the box office next week? Then. Well, uh, I got to go with Beauty and the Beast 3D. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's as weird as it is to say a movie from, what is it, 20 years ago now? I'm yeah. not sure how old that flick is, but um, right around that time is mm-hmm. going to come back and kind of... It's probably only going to be for a week. Yeah. Um, it might it might do more than two weeks, but to me that seems like a novelty. It's like a novelty on top of a novelty. It's a Yeah, it, it's basically, you know, it, it, it came out when a lot of us were younger, so now that we all have kids, we're going to take our kids to see it, and, you know, right. it's... It's that or, you know, it's Dolly Parton being motorboated by Queen Latifah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> well, since that scene is, in fact, not in the movie, I don't think we're going <laughs> to... Hey, we don't know it's not in the movie. We haven't seen it. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe we could drum up some business for Joyful Noise. If that is... Yeah, exactly. If it's number one next week, we can fully take all the credit for I it. I absolutely plan on doing that if it's if it's number one. If it does, like, 2,000 more ticket sales or whatever. <laughs> 2,800. So, think... well, our numbers are getting there. You're welcome, Joyful Noise, <laughs> for all the extra business. Yep. 
I mean, sure, people are going to be banning their refunds after the credits roll, but... Uh, yeah, there was no kind of motorboat at all. It was just a couple of chicks singing in a church. I uh, listened to this podcast, and they said <laughs> this was going to be in there. They seemed pretty sure. Um, all right, well, that is the uh, Cinema Geekly podcast for this week. I'd like to thank everybody once again for checking us out on the website and on iTunes. And, man, I uh, just hope this is not another October we're facing, because... Yeah. We're going to have to do themed episodes starting <laughs> next week, I think. We'll do comic book episode next week. If there isn't anything huge or important to talk about, uh, comic book fans, get your uh, get all of your friends to come and download next week's episode because I think that's what we're going to be yapping about for the entire hour or so. Oh, man. I cannot wait. Um, so so until excited ne- for that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's no problem. So uh, until next week, I'm Anthony Lewis. And I'm Aaron De La Osa. And we'll see you then.